0: Another episode, another wine that we try. This week's episode is presented by Seis Soles Wine Company. Let me tell you a little bit about Seis Soles. Seis Soles is was created by Chris Rivera. His parents immigrated from Central Mexico, where the Aztecs believed the world had been created and destroyed in four cycles, giving way to life under the fifth sun. Seis Soles, the sixth sun represents the growth of our generation's culture and values. Every person, regardless of their skin color, belief system, or geographic location, lives under the sixth sun. Say Solis respects tradition, but strives to promote the new. A new understanding of how we are all in this together, promoting a healthy planet, and a new way to think about wine. Drawing from his experience, he's created four, actually now five wines, that express his winemaking sensibilities. What is very important to Chris are the transparency of flavors and the way wine fits into our lives. For this reason, his wines are very expressive. They're both lively and balanced and offer a wide range of appeal. Say soulless wines are made to be enjoyed with a meal and as an accompaniment to life. Please make sure to... Reach out to say at the number six solus S O L E S dot com and choose your wine. Use code Chisme 20 for 20% off your order. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and cheese May Wednesday. Episode of the Wine and Cheese podcast. Talia, how are you today? Wonderful. How are you? I am so well. I am so well. I'm so happy you're here with me. I want to kind of go over your bio really quick before we get in to all of the wine, all of the cheese <laughs> <laughs> So you have a you, you have a company called Always Advocating. And that helps yes. online coaches scale their dream business with alignment and excitement is what you said. So you focus on two particular things, the whole marketing and sales strategy to scale a profitable business and stepping into the person you want to become by up leveling your mindset. I will definitely get into all of that. But before we get into the cheese man and how you got into coaching, we gotta go to the wine. <laughs> and I know you're not drinking because you don't drink, but like I said before. It's okay, because I'll drink plenty for both of us. You don't need to worry about that. I love so to- it. <laughs> <laughs> so today I am drinking our um, featured wine is Soltierra by Se Soles Wine. And it I'm super excited about this wine because, first of all, Seis Soles has been such a friend to the Wine and Chasement podcast. And this is a new wine that Chris Rivera, the owner, has brought to the forefront and I'm not gonna lie, I usually try and save my taste buds for the for the wine that I'm drinking for that day, but I couldn't help it. I had to open it last night. This is so good. This wine is so delicious. I'm not even gonna lie. So let me read you the tasting notes. Not that you would know what they are, but let's let our audience know what's going on. <laughs> So it says, Sol Tierra pays respect to the foundation of grape growing and winemaking. Sun, which is Sol, and as soil, Tierra, the complex flavors, layered fruit, and texture are testaments to the hard work and knowledge passed down through generations in the grape growing families we work with. These farmers have partnered with Seis Solas in an effort to develop healthy, high quality, and balanced grapes that set this wine above the rest before the fermentation begins. So this was a, this is a slowly matured wine. It was matured in French oak barrels for twenty two months, and it says it has subtle aromas of vanilla, of toast, vanilla, and spices, gently fused with red fruit, which it does because I've t- like I said, I was like really taking it all in last night. <laughs> Layers of cranberry, black plum, white pepper, and cardamom evolve with each slip. Now, if you look at it, it is a very dark wine, like it even looks like yeah. plum, like you know, like the black plums. That's, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it even takes on that color. It's so yeah. just pretty and rich. It says medium tannins and textured finish make this California red a balanced blend of lively low-dye fruit with a dash of structured Napa Petit Syrah, perfectly suited for a wide variety of meals. So this is 70% Cabernet Sauvignon, 20% Petit Syrah, 5% Merlot, and 5% Petit Petit Verdat. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's French. And (laughs) I always, I always butcher that. And I'm trying to get better. I feel like I'm starting to get better. Yeah. But I feel like I still, I still (laughs) butchered it. (laughs) So, but literally when you smell it, like when I smelled it and I'm smelling it right now, I really do smell the plum, the vanilla. And I love how. It just, oh, it just smells so good. It's such a good wine. <laughs> I love it. I'm totally geeking out over this wine because it's really good. And let me tell you, Lodi is a very, like, you're not in California, right? You're in Georgia. I'm in Georgia. Yeah. So Lodi is not, you know, when people think of California wines, a lot of times they think of Napa Valley, Napa and Sonoma. Mm-hmm sometimes Santa Barbara, Paso Robles, mm-hmm. but they don't think of Lodi. Dude, Lodi is such an underrated area because you can get really good wines without the same price yeah. tag because the land is not as expensive. And it's really crazy because I think it gets really hot there. So the fact that yeah. they can grow these wines that are, you know, in this really in this intense heat is amazing to me. Okay, I need to take a sip. Now. Oh my gosh, that's so good! I'm gonna totally geek out on every time I take a drink because it's that. Good.
1: <laughs> that's so good.
0: <laughs> you can totally see it on my face, right? Yes, it's so good. It's such I a feel good. I like taste it. <laughs> it is, and you know, it. It's one of those wines that you know. It. Have you ever? Well, you don't drink, so I've had wines where after I taste it, the aftertaste. You're like, oh, I thought I liked it, but maybe not. Yeah. You no. Know, through every sip this wine is so good and the fact like I think this is his highest pri- price point wine but yeah. it is so I mean it's completely worth it it is so unbelievably good and I think when you find something that you like you just gotta go for it I'm telling you when you find something yeah you know, that is this delicious <laughs>
1: I agree I agree it doesn't matter <laughs> what the price point is If you love it, you got to get it. (laughs) Right.
0: You know, and I think that goes with anything. Sometimes if you know that you're going to really appreciate it, whatever it is, if you know that you're going to appreciate it and you're going to treasure it and you're going to love it, then a lot of times then price point doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah,
1: for sure. And you can budget for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, well, and then think of something like fast fashion or something like that, Mm -hmm. where- yeah, you might be paying $20 for something, but how long is it going to last you and how many times are you going to have to buy it versus yep. investing in something that would last a lot longer? You're going to get a lot more wear out of it. It's going to look better. That you know, all mm-hmm. of that. Ultimately you're really spending less when exactly.
1: you look at the long
0: term. But we're such micro we're such a microwave society. Like we want yep. it now, how we Quick. want it now. Yeah. Like everything now, 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 now. So I'm so excited you're here. Look, you got me on my little rant and everything. (laughs) I love it. And let's just get into the cheese man. Like I said, you are in Georgia. Yeah. Which I have to hear the story how you got to Georgia. Where are you from? Is that
1: where you're from originally? Is Georgia? My parents are from Puerto Rico, and then they went to um, Cleveland, Ohio. So that's where I was born. And I took them to Cleveland.
0: From Puerto Rico to to Cleveland, I don't think I've ever heard, like, we're going to go to the mainland.
1: We're going to go to Cleveland, Ohio. There's a lot of Puerto Ricans over there. Really? Like so many bakeries and there's no Puerto Ricans in Georgia, (laughs) but there's a lot in Cleveland, Ohio. So I actually don't know the story, but I know some of them used to live in Chicago. I think they went to Chicago and then Cleveland. Um, But there is actually a lot of Puerto Ricans over there. And so I used to say I'm from Cleveland but I'm officially been in Georgia longer. So um, when I was seven, I came to Georgia and I've just lived here. And I think it's a good place to have a family versus Cleveland is more city and kind of people are kind of mean and kind of dirty. So I really like Georgia. It's more quieter and peaceful, less crime, stuff like that. So where are you in Georgia? You're, you're, I'm taking it you're not
0: that close to Atlanta?
1: Um, so if you look at Atlanta, I'm about an hour and a half to the right. So I don't live like Are you country closer like Savannah. No, Savannah's all the way at the bottom, five hours oh, down. Okay. Oh, Okay. My so last trip though. before
0: lockdown, my last trip before lockdown was in Atlanta.
1: Oh, really? yeah. I have friends. I have a lot
0: of friends there. So,
1: yeah. Well, oh
0: my gosh. Well, tell me, how was it? What was it like being a Puerto Rican in? Cleveland and then uprooting at seven years old, you're still the good thing is you're still young enough to make friends. But then you said there's no Puerto Ricans there. So how's it go? How was it to go from like a community that you felt like you're part of the community to a place where you're like, okay, I'm the only one.
1: How was that for you? Yeah. So I do remember actually a lot um, from Cleveland. I just remember it feeling like home. I remember going to, I actually went to a bilingual school or what, is that what they're called? Yeah. Bilingual. Dual immersion or bilingual. Something like that.
0: Depending on what
1: what year it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have no clue what it was even called. Um, But yeah, I went to that kind of school. And so I feel like everybody was very inclusive. Like I remember like it didn't matter really what you wore. It didn't matter like your shoes and it didn't matter if you had the nicest phone. Right. It was like, so cool. Like I remember being in art class and then, um, these boys in my class, they would like get the mic and start rapping. It was just just so full of just, um, it was just like family. It just felt really like home. And when I moved to Georgia, oh my goodness, I lived in a town where there weren't really many minorities and so it was super different. It was super, super different, very strict. I didn't even know the word ma'am and sir were a thing. <laughs> like it was just such a, yeah, it was such a culture shock. But yeah, I feel like it's really different here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not very inclusive over here. I'll be honest. Um, I do like that it's more peaceful. Um, I feel like Cleveland, there's a lot going on. I just visited um, the other day and I was staying at a hotel, which it was a, it was a nicer hotel. And the whole hotel smelled like weed in the lobby. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, you would never see that in Georgia. Like, that's not a thing. So I they really They come after enjoy you it. in Georgia. Like, where's that smell <laughs> coming from? <laughs> that's how I am. I'll be in my backyard. I'll, I'll smell something and I'll be like, hey, hey, what's that smell? <laughs> I'm not the one. But yeah, I think, um, I think that's the biggest thing. I have a brother. He's a couple years younger than me, like two years younger. And he did the same thing. He came over here when he was younger and he's like, I'm not living here. So he actually, when he was 16, he's like, I'm staying in Ohio. Like, I don't like how people treat me here in Georgia. Um, it's a very, like when I went to J- Georgian schools, it's very like, oh, you have to have the best clothes. People judged. It was like the movies, like, um, the pretty girls and the popular people. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. How did you navigate
0: that? Like, I know eventually you. And how did you? Did you even express those types of things to your parents? Because I know typically within our oh. communities we don't. Your parents are like, whatever, we don't care. You, yeah, you know, stop being a baby or whatever. But were you? Was that something you were able to share with your parents at all, and or not? And if so, what was the reaction to that?
1: Hmm, I. Honest, honest to God, I think I was like a go with the flow kind of person. And at that age, I, maybe if I was, if that happened to me in high school, I probably would have had a more mature, like, oh my gosh, what's going on kind of thing. But I think I was a kid then. And by the time I realized kind of how Georgia was, I was just a (laughs) Jordan. So I kind of kind of fell into that, but Um, no, I think my mom's very, how she acts towards my brother anyways, is, um, she's very like, no, like over there, you're just going to get caught up in like the bad stuff. And my brother's like, but I really enjoy like just having you know, having family versus people always judging me or people, you know, looking at me, like I'm just a different kind of human. Right. So, um, I know my mom is just like, no, you need to come over here. It's a better life over here. It's kind of, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you know, um, this is a white person job. (laughs) Like you need to go with the white people. Obviously if the white people are here, you know, that's where success is or something like that. So I think that's Uh, how they see it. Yeah.
0: That's so new, but you know what, that's a very old school mentality to have, right? It's. Mm -hmm. And and having that proximity to whiteness in regards to like, yeah. let's follow, let's follow that because that means that that's successful instead of like looking at our own communities and being like, we're freaking successful because obviously you said there's a big Puerto Rican community in yeah. Cleveland and where there's a lot of businesses that are owned by the community. So that should be a level of success. But why is that not recognized? And I feel like sometimes we do that to ourselves. Like, why are we not? recognizing like this neighborhood that we built yeah and people own businesses but no we have to go to you know yeah well it's I not successful cuz it's not white
1: i love that and also my uncle he actually moved to georgia as well and he owns his own business and if you if you knew him back in the day he was in and out of jail he has a really interesting story So he has a very quote unquote ghetto way of communicating. Um, He's very slang and very like, you know, dude and kind of like that. And he's a pastor now, so he doesn't do any of the stuff he used to do, but he still has that same um, kind of way of speaking. So I remember my mom used to always say to him like, Hey, like if he owns a construction business, if you want to work with, you know, like high paying clients, like white people, you have to change the way you speak. And I was sitting there like, code wow, switching,
0: code switching. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You have no idea how much yeah. in, in my conversations recently code switching has come up. Yeah. And I am I, completely, <laughs> completely guilty of it. Really? I am completely guilty of it. Yeah, I had an ex-boyfriend one time and I'm on the phone with him and talking. And then my <laughs> business line rings and I was like, hey, hold on. And I answered the phone. This is Jessica. How may I help you? <laughs> And, you know, do my thing. And I get off the phone. No joke. I get off the phone and he's like, was that <laughs> oh. you? And I was like, what do you mean? Is that what are you talking about? And again, go back into my like normal yeah. talk. He's like, was that you on the phone? I'm like, well, I'm in my office. Who else was going to be? Like, <laughs> I <laughs> like, love it. And he's like, that did not sound like you at Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was talking to another friend and he was I was like, I need to hear your your voice, like your phone <laughs> voice. And he t- and he t- shares it. And he has two daughters and he's telling me that his daughters come in. They're like, Daddy, why do you sound different? You don't even sound like you. So that but that is such a thing. Right. Yeah. Instead of us embracing our culture, we're like, you have to talk, quote unquote, white. But mm-hmm. what is that? What is that? Like, yeah, th- to me you know, the more you're exposed to, the more you embrace who you are. And, but yeah, I, I hate that word. Like you talk, you need to talk white or you talk to, you know, whatever, like culturally you talk to whatever, what is that? You know, it's just really based on the people you're around.
1: I think it really, unfortunately, it's sad to say, I think it did work for my mom though. Um, because that's the kind of person she is. She's very, when I first started my online coaching career she's just like, Oh my gosh, you have no makeup on. What are you doing? Like, you need to do your hair. You need to straighten your hair. You're, you know, you you need to do your hair. Your clothes, <laughs> <laughs> your clothes, like you can't, people are not, they're going to look at you. They're going to think you're a 12 year old girl and they're not going to buy from you. And so like, I feel like for her, um, she's been through a lot. So she same thing. She has a whole different voice when she's on the phone whole different personality when she's at work. And it's so funny. It's just kind of, I mean, it's not funny. It's sad. And because like, I look at my life, I look at my business and I'm like, I'm so myself. I have so much fun every day. I can't imagine what it's like to have to change who I am, change maybe the words, especially being young as well in an industry entrepreneurship. I feel like there's a lot of um, people that are not in their twenties, lower twenties. Like that's not normal thing. A successful business owner in their twenties, what So I feel like in the beginning, like I feel like I kind of had to change or I felt like, um, you know, it's a white women or it's a white men dominated industry. So I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not even kidding. If I could pull up pictures, you would laugh. But I did my first brand photo shoot in a suit, like had a suit on and I looked so like... Just not me. Did and you feel like
0: did you feel uncomfortable as you probably so think? Un- you look? I was like,
1: I was like And then it reflects like the, in the president. I was like the president. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, no. And now when I tell my photographer, I'm like, I'm just gonna have fun. You just do candids. You take pictures of me and I will literally wear jeans and a cute shirt or I'll wear um I really like um you know, the shorts that are leggings, legging shorts that are like pretty I like bike I shorts. This. Bike shorts. Yeah, I think that's what they're called. Biker shorts. Um, I'll wear my little <laughs> leopard biker shorts. Like I'll do whatever in my shoe because I feel like that is what's going to attract people to me because we have that same energy versus, I mean, there are some brands that do, you know, a suit, but some people like that's where they feel happy. They feel yeah. happy in a pants suit. Like that's them. I do. But that's I'm like, not one so of those not people. Me, me neither.
0: <laughs> but... I like how you say, because when it comes to coaching and everything, and we'll get into more of that in just a second, but it really is like, there's so many different types of coaches out there that appeal to a lot of different types of people. And ultimately you have to go with whoever you feel attracted to and wherever you feel the vibe, because if you're somebody who's very casual, you may not feel comfortable with somebody who's all suited up all the time and vice versa. Or if you're somebody who likes to joke and speak Spanglish and everything, and you have somebody who maybe like your mom, who's like, why are you speaking like that? That would just that wouldn't go because then that person yeah. would probably feel uncomfortable hearing. Well, what do you mean? Why? Why do I speak like this? Because well, yeah. that's who I am. Now, I know you eventually you you're you're a coach and you got into coaching. Ultimately, because you had this chronic illness, would you mm-hmm. mind sharing like about that journey within your chronic illness, the things that you went through, yeah, and how that eventually led you like how what how did that affect you, and the tipping point that gave you the courage to
1: step away from corporate America and pursue this other thing? yeah, for sure, so I've always since I was about i want to say ten years old, I've always had autoimmune issues um different flare-ups but it was more like you know how hispanic families are oh you're fine just put mm-hmm. some vicks on it <laughs> like put some yeah. vicks on it like you're fine Vaporum. So, that's kind of- <laughs> <laughs> so i mean my mom never really took me um to the- she took me to the doctor once but we it was a kind of a dead end so we didn't really pursue going to the doctor nothing like that i was just kind of like doing different things. Um, so I have a lot of stomach issues and then I have this beautiful, beautiful part of me where anytime I go outside in the heat, I just get, um, kind of like anaphylactic shock. I go into, um, mild anaphylactic shock where I, um, get really, really bad hives. Can't breathe. It's really bad. If the, if I'm in the heat, um, that happens when I do any sort of physical activity as well. You're in Georgia.
0: how yeah. do you handle, like, how was that growing up? Because that's your, it like, gets uh, really hot in Georgia.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, it's very difficult. So w- when it started when I was 10, it was like maybe once every couple months. Then it happened a couple times a month. And um, when I was in high school, when I was a senior, I actually wanted to go into the Air Force. Like I really wanted to serve our country. Like that's just something I extremely wanted to do. But by that time, it was to the point where I couldn't even work out without hives. And so um, in the summer, it's, it used to be to the point where I could, I could go outside just for like a little while, but if it's hot, like I have to go back inside, but that was years ago. And now it's to the point where I can't even, I can't dance and I can't walk to my car if it's hot outside. So yeah, I'm really, um, we want to move. We want to be like, kind of like nomad. We want to do we want this to be our last year here. So, um, maybe a couple months where it's cooler. And then once it becomes winter, we can come back to Georgia. So that is like my ultimate goal. Um, but yeah, that definitely affected me in high school. Um, just cause I can do the things that the other kids did. And then yeah. in college, I was able to just kind of create my life around the chronic illness. And I guess to wrap it to where, um, to, ho- to where I am today is I wanted, um, to go to the Air Force and I could not do it because of that specific chronic illness. And so I was like, well, I guess I got to go to college. So I went to college. Um, I became a dementia specialist just because I knew I wanted to go to the Air Force, but I knew I wanted to create a foundation for those with dementia just because I worked in that field a long time all through high school. I used to volunteer at nursing homes and my grandma had dementia. And I just really feel a connection with just those with dementia. And I just wanted to understand it and be able to help caregivers. So I was like, "Well, I'm not going to the Air Force. So I actually just pursued that route. And um, I studied it in, in college. I was a living caregiver for a couple of years with someone with dementia, and I just really, really, my whole in my whole entire life, I was just like, I want to help those with dementia. So I wanted to be like the CEO of the Alzheimer Association. Like <laughs> I had so many big dreams. And so I graduated in twenty nineteen. And I had a really good resume. I basically double majored as well as I graduated early and had an internship and I had everything that they say to have in your resume, right? And no joke, I applied to 74 jobs after I stopped counting. 74, I stopped counting. Wow. And I didn't get any calls. And I remember I was in this Facebook group with um, like women entrepreneurs because I was like thinking about becoming an entrepreneur because I was like, girl, I can't get no job. So I was like, hey, um, can you guys look over my resume? Like, is there something wrong? And not even kidding, hundreds of people were like, "Wow, your resume is so amazing. So I kept thinking, like, is it my name? Like, what's going on? Like, there's no way these people are looking or clicking my resume, reading it and just not calling me. So long story short, I never really got a good paying job. So I ended up taking a $12 an hour job, which was less than what I was making, uh, or which was more, no, less than what I was making in college which is so heartbreaking, but I did the thing. I got the job and so my health really declined then. And so, yeah, um, at this point, it wasn't the hives. It was my stomach. I was flaring up every day in and out of the hospital. So I actually ended up having to quit that job. And then I'm like, wow, another failure. Great. Let me just add this to my list of failures, right? Like, I was so sad because I was like, I worked so hard. Like My mom told me, you can do anything you want in life if you just worked hard for it. And I felt like I did that in high school. Did, couldn't go to the Air Force. Did that in college. Didn't get a job. Got the job. Had to quit. So something spoke to me and God was just basically saying like, hey, like, why don't you create an online caregiving school for those with dementia? Because that's all you know how to do and you can't really leave your house and work. So I did it. I ended up creating an online caregiving school and it was the most beautiful thing. Like I was able to impact caregivers literally worldwide and kind of like a movement. And I just thought it was so amazing. And so many um, women were asking me, how did I do it? So then I decided to pivot into business coaching, but truly like if any of those failures didn't happen, I wouldn't be
0: anywhere near where I am today. Yeah. I mean, and I definitely want to touch on, on that in regards to failure, because yeah. so often we fail and we, instead of seeing the opportunity that a failure can create, we mm-hmm. see how we didn't succeed. Right, Absolutely. instead of seeing it as you know what this is setting me up for success in maybe a different way or learning from this experience, we look at it as like, damn, what did I do wrong or what's wrong with me? Instead, yeah. we all do it, and I think having that a moment sometimes is okay, but then you, we have to remove ourselves from that moment and be like, okay, what what can I learn from this failure? Yeah. The other thing I want to touch on is this thing that we always say, right? You can do anything if you try hard enough. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. Well, I can try and put my mind to flying by flapping my arms, but that's just not going to happen, right? There's just certain things that, you know, we can say that. And I'm very conflicted about telling kids that. Right, you can oh. be anything you want to be as long as you want. Try hard. You know what? I think we need to just change it a little bit and say, mm-hmm. you know what? You can do almost anything you want to do, but you're gonna have to work hard for it. You're gonna what? have to network. You're gonna have to. I think we just condense it into like this little phrase that's just like, you can do it if you work hard enough. Well, What if, you know, there's all of these what ifs and I don't want to live in a what if, but I think it's also important to say you can, you know, if there's certain there are certain things, but you can't like I could think and think and think, but that's not gonna change certain aspects of who I am. I could wanna change, but I think it's really, you know what? You if you find your strength, let's figure out what you can do with that. Like what are these things, like what are the things that you wanna do? And let's figure out your strength and how you can do that. I think that's a better way because then you know we're leaning into the strengths of whatever that child has, yeah. and like, and how can we build you up into what you know in into th- what you're not as strong as? Like, how can we build that up for you? Let's work yeah. on that. I don't know. Like I said, I get iffy with that whole like you can do anything because I part of me is like, of course you can, but then there's certain things where you're like. Obviously you can't like yeah. jump off a building, think you're going to be invincible and yeah. try to be invincible and that's going to make it. No, I know that's like an extreme version, but I feel like we say it so much that it, we almost internalize it in that
1: way. No, yeah, for sure. And I was actually, I was in my Bible study a couple, a couple days ago and this girl was telling me she has a lot of health issues and she was saying that, but she's so like goal-driven. So I I think she's in college and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm like striving for the 4.0. I want straight A's, but it's so hard because I have health issues. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, that is sad because I used to be the same way. I used to think like, I want to be like the person, like the girl next to me. She works hard. She gets straight A's. She gets the scholarship. She goes to um, school. She gets a good job. Great. But at the end of the day, like I can't compare myself to her because I have health issues or I have different circumstances in my life. Maybe I don't have supportive parents like she does. Like there's so many things that we deal with that. So we can't always have the same outcomes as other people. But I think we grow up and society tells us we have to be the best we can be. We're not the best we can be. We have to be the best. Nah, we have to be the best we can be.
0: Yeah. So, Cause there's a yeah. big difference between those yeah. being the best version of yourself and mm-hmm. just being the best. I am not, I am the best. Nobody can be me. Nobody yeah. can be you. And that's, I, I think we have to remember that live in that flourish in that, like I am the best me there is because I'm the only one. Yeah. Can I always grow? Absolutely. Can I get, you know, there's always opportunity for growth, but guess what? There's not there's not a better version of me out there because there's only one. Yep. So I love that <laughs> mic drop. We're done. i no, was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, right now we're in this, we're still in this pandemic. We're going to mm-hmm. be in it for a little bit longer. Thankfully I can, you know, I hope I feel like we're finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. And prior to the pandemic, and I should have looked this up. I was thinking about it and I completely forgot. So I want to be perfectly honest. Prior to the pandemic, Latinas were the fastest growing entrepreneurial segment in the United States. There are more Mm -hmm. Latinas opening up, starting businesses, not necessarily opening up physical doors, but starting businesses during any other time. And I haven't checked to see if that has changed, but I do know that black and brown women have significantly more, like they have significantly higher amount, lost their income more than any other segment of the population. So there's women out there that are wanting to start because you found something that you could do and created a business Mm -hmm. from that. So if there's women out there that are going through very similar things because- there's so many people because of the pandemic that are probably going through very similar things that you did prior to launching your company. What advice would you give to those women saying like, well, what do I do? I wanna start my own thing now. And I don't even know where to start because we're in this pandemic. We're in this really weird situation. We're like, at what point does somebody need to start if if they're starting over and they don't know even where to begin they don't they don't even know where to take the first step in
1: I think well first just building courage I think just to define courage really quick courage is doing the thing taking the action despite having the fear so we're gonna have fears of oh my gosh what if the business doesn't work out oh my gosh what if this is not really what I'm supposed to be doing oh my gosh corona what if this fails right We're gonna have all of these fears, but even let's pretend the pandemic was not here, you would still have those fears. You would still think, or hopefully not think, but you might have a little bit of doubt around your business. So I think the first thing is just to create massive courage in your heart. Um, And for me, I just, like I said, I wanted to go to the Air Force. That that was like my vision. Um, But I always had in my heart that I wanted to help the elderly in some way, shape, or form. So I would ask you guys, like, do is there something that lights your heart up? Obviously, it can be something super deep. Like I have clients that help. um, I had this one client; she was a health coach for women with PCOS because she had a child that passed away. So it could be something as deep as that, or it can be something as simple as like I love to create t-shirts and bracelets. Like that would be so fun. So I would ask you, like, if you could make a million dollars doing something that you love, what would that be? The first thing that comes to your head is the answer. And honest to God, like I know we are in the pandemic, but my business has only grown because of it. And all of my clients, same as well. I know my dad just told me he has a cousin that she doesn't have an arm. So she just started, um, I guess, making videos of her making bracelets with one hand. And she's extremely successful. She's been blowing up on Facebook. And I feel like anything... Is possible. Like, don't think, oh, because of COVID, I can't do this. Maybe start thinking, well, wow, COVID is here. That sucks, but maybe I can use this, you know, for my benefit. And maybe, maybe I don't have a job right now because that's God's way of saying, hey, you should start the thing you've been dying to start, but you've been waiting for the right time. Now is the right time. Yeah.
0: Now, one of the things that you were saying, you wanted to really touch on is how people can get over that ick factor of, of quote unquote selling. Yeah. I used to be in sales and I guess technically I kind of am with sponsors and stuff like that still. And I know that there's a difference. Like I'm always a relationship builder. I like to build long-term relationships. I would rather be honest and lose a sale now and, or, and then build a relationship where they're like, Oh, you know what? Jessica told me the truth so that's where I want to put my I want to put my money on her because ultimately when you're selling something people are buying you not necessarily of course they're buying the product or service but ultimately it it's the person behind it that they have to believe in so how would you tell people that if they're if they want to sell those shirts if they want to sell a service if they want to and they're like oh okay yeah I'm confident that this is what I want to do but how do I even reach people? How do I even approach people? How I don't want to feel like a car salesman. Sorry if there's any car salesmen out yeah. there, but the, <laughs> yeah, but getting over what you call the ick factor, which there is definitely an ick factor when it comes to sales.
1: I think what I always tell my clients is like, this is like a really bold example, but it's kind of like, if you had the cure for cancer, would you just hide that in your closet? Would you be scared to get on your Instagram and talk about it so excitingly? I think so many people especially like people starting their businesses, they come to me and they're like, I'm just scared to talk about like, what if I'm selling and people on my stories or my audience looks at my stories and they're like, oh, this girl's, oh my gosh, she gets on my nerves. Like, I think we think too much about what other people think of us. (laughs) We, I always say like, if your audience is bothered by you talking about your product, they were never going to buy from you anyways. So you shouldn't even care what they think. But I think um, going back to the whole cancer thing is like, your your product, your service can absolutely completely change somebody's life, right? Or um, let's pretend it's t-shirts. Like, There's a lot of t-shirt companies that have, um, they create a movement. They create an absolute movement for people. And I think if you think of whatever you have as this is the thing, the very thing that's going to completely change somebody's life, I have to share this with the world, just getting into that perspective versus I'm just in it for the money. I think yeah. a lot of us are scared to sell or feel weird about it because maybe you're just thinking about the money. And so don't think about the money and think about the absolute impact, your service, your program, your offer, your product is going to make in somebody's life. And it will be absolutely inevitable to fall in love with sales because anytime I talk about my offers, I get so excited because I think about all the women I've helped, but I also think about all the women I can help. So when you think about the thing that you want to create or your current offers, like think about this is going to completely change somebody's life and literally think that as you are selling.
0: I think another way is if you, all, an, an additional way, right? Yeah. Is if you find a, a cause that you're passionate about and how can you use what you're doing to help that cause? Mm-hmm. I know we're going using shirts as an example, but <laughs> using shirts as an example of saying, you know, Hey, a pro, you know, whatever percentage of, Anything that's sold about this shirt or, you know, what goes to this particular cause. Yeah. Because then it connects people. It connects people saying, I'm helping out. Because oftentimes I feel like so many of us don't know how to help out. They don't know, like, do I just donate or I don't know? Am I donating enough or what this or that? So if you connect it with something, and it could be anything, it literally could be like, I wanna, I'm gonna make this green shirt and say, like, girls rock. And then, A portion of that's going to go to the Girl Scouts or, you know, you Mm -hmm. can do it however you want because there will be people that will connect with it. And just getting them to their website is a huge deal just in itself. Just getting them, getting them there. You were also talking about having a, okay, I need to ask about this. You said you manifested a $22,000 month? Yeah. Okay, please share. Cause I needed, I would like to manifest a $22,000 month for the, for people that want to do stuff for the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Or the wine tastings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's a really funny story. It's a little long. So, okay. So just so you know, the month before that, so the July was a 22 K month. And then the month before that was, I think a four to six K month. I don't remember. I never remember. It's either four or six. And so, yeah, that's a humongous jump. And so basically what was happening in my life in June was I kept hitting um 4k, 5k, 6k, 4k, 5k, 6k in my business and I was like wow all of my clients are literally surpassing me. So I'm a business coach, so I teach people how to make money and they were all surpassing me to 10k and all these big numbers and I'm sitting here like why are my clients making more money than me? I don't understand. So I realized I'm like I need to hire a coach. I need to hire help. I need I don't know why I'm stuck. So in June, I decided to hire a coach that was $2,000 a month, which was a lot of money for me. Because like I said, I was only making like $4,000, $6,000. And at the time, um, my fiance didn't have, um, he lost his job to COVID. Anyway, so we're just kind of like, whoa, that's an extreme amount of money. So going into July, I was sitting there like, all right, I just spent $2,000 on this coach. And again, it's $2,000 a month for six months. So I was like, I just put her on a credit card. So in July, I was like, okay, I have to pay this credit card off, plus make enough money to pay her the next you know, invoice. So I don't want to say I was hustling because I didn't come from that place of scarcity. I was more like, okay, where am I leaving money on the table? What can I do um, to make that money? And I was like, just I'm just going to sell my highest ticket package, which is my private coaching. Um, so the whole entire month, I was like... God, oh God, you're going, you're going to help me book two more clients. Or I think I said three. I was like, you're going to help me. I know you're going to help me book three more clients um, so that I can hit my highest month. And that would have three more clients would have um, made a 10 K month for me. And also it would have helped me pay my coach, whatever, whatever. So I'm not even kidding. It's the last week of the month and I'm at zero, (laughs) like at $0. (laughs) And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, we're good. Let's just literally release all fear. We're good. Everything is okay. So I get my little journal out and it's Monday. And I'm like, thank you, God, for the three beautiful clients that are going to come through my doors. Like you were like, thank you. I was like super excited, right? Tuesday happens. Same thing. Thank you so much for the three clients that I know are coming Thursday. <laughs> no clients. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my little journal, like... I know this is going to happen for me. Same thing. I just kept saying with, cause I really believed, I mean, it wasn't the end of the month. It was the last week of the month. I believe Saturday was um, going to be the first day of August. So I had a couple more days. I was like, I know without a doubt in my soul that I'm going to book these three clients. Like they're just going to happen. So I remember Friday happening. This is my last day to book the clients. And my the coach, last day of the month. The last day of the month. Yeah. Holy moly. And I'm not even kidding. I wasn't sad. I wasn't like mad. Like, dude, where's my money? Like, God, I told you I wanted my money. Like, I was totally like, um, I woke up. I put makeup on. I put my clothes on. You just changed the Rihanna song
0: instead of (laughs) bitch better have my money. You're like, God better have my money. (laughs) Exactly.
1: That's exactly what happened. I was like, so I woke up, got ready. I was like, oh, today's going to be a good day. And so my coach actually texted us in the group chat, like, share with, um, Hey, everybody share with us your wins for the week. And I was sitting there like, Ugh. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna pretend I didn't see that because the day's not over. So I remember getting, um, on my, um, phone recording a video. It was, this is, is, the creepiest video celebration video. So I was like, Hey everybody, I hit a 10 K month. I put three clients. It was like literally a video about, I'm like, I'm so awesome. It was so weird. Like looking back, I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Anyways, not even kidding. Not even 10 minutes after I did that, I got five discovery calls, um, that, that day. So I actually had back-to-back discovery calls that whole entire day and yeah,
0: 22 K. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. I think, no, I think you're right when it comes to manifesting. You know, you are, you have to put out there, not what you want, but um, um, what you want as if it has already happened. Absolutely. It can't just be like, I hope it's, I'm so thankful that this happened. Absolutely. Because then you're living as if it did, right? Um, Come to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they talk about money, they talk about like spending it as if you already had it because then it'll continue to flow.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: the fact that you spent $2,000 that you didn't have. Yeah, because you spent it because you were confident that you spend it and it's going to come back to you. Yeah. yeah. And it's there is a fear in that there definitely is a fear in that because I've done that. But I'm not trying to remember, look, if I'm doing this, like I know the money's going to come in. I yeah. know it's going to be fine. I know this is going to happen. And it always ends up working out like it always ends up working out. Sometimes it's better than I thought. Sometimes it's just enough. But still. <laughs> yes,
1: I love that's So funny.
0: But still, it, it does happen. So I think that's such a powerful statement in regards to saying like, I can't believe you were still that positive on the last day of the month. Me neither. I would have probably <laughs> honestly, I probably would have like been saying, oh, no, it's going to be OK. But freaking out inside. But yeah. That you put, what energy are you putting out when you're, when you're doing that? So, oh my gosh, no, I, I'm telling you, I think I admire that because like (laughs) I said, I would be like, no, 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 everything's gonna be okay. And then inside I would be like, ah, yeah. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? It's yeah. Do you work with manifestation with your, like with your clients often, Mm -hmm. like every day? What are the things that you go through when you're telling your clients? how to manifest yeah. something.
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, so with my like private coaching clients, um, we only talk about manifestation or mindset stuff when it comes up, but I actually have a whole entire group program on it and it's called Manifest Abundance. And essentially what it is, is it's a personal development and mindset program. So what I do is I teach personal development tools, tactics and mindset tactics so that you can attract more abundance into your life. So I always tell everybody, if you're like asking the universe, God, for whatever you want, you're not receiving it. Are you do, Are you self-sabotaging? Are you procrastinating? Are you being a perfectionist? Are you controlling the situation? Are you too attached to the outcome? Are you blah, 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 right? All of those things are things that you need to work on mindset-wise and personal development-wise so that you can assert attracting that abundance, just like the 22K month. If I was sitting there every single day, oh my gosh, I'm not booking clients. Then the only thing I was, I was thinking about was not booking the clients, which was the problem, not the right. solution or not the process, or um, my energy would just be low. And again, low energy attracts low vibration, things like brokenness. So yeah, I think that's the first thing we work on in that program is just taking your limiting beliefs out, taking your doubt, your fears away. And again, it's not taking your fears away forever because they're always going to come up every level. There's a new devil but it's more like creating a practice to let's pretend. um, I'm not even kidding. This will happen to me. um, Now I'll have, I'll be launching something or selling something. And then a little ugly, little thought would come like, is anybody even going to buy this? And then I look at them and my little thought, I look at my little thought. I'm like, like, girl, don't come at me. No, I'm the kind of girl that hits a 22 K month in the last five hours. Like that's who I am.
0: So just having those that's having I think when you have a really big success, you can always go back like, no, this I can do that.
1: Because I was like that
0: when I first started the podcast, I'm like, is anybody even going to listen to the podcast? Yeah. Is anybody even going to pay attention? I was so nervous. And now, you know, I'm not the hugest, but I'm hitting, you know, a thousand downloads a month, which there's some people that takes them months to even hit a thousand downloads total. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm averaging around that or more depending, you know, depending on the month. But the fact like, that's a huge milestone. So the Mm -hmm. fact and so there's because there's a lot of podcasts that don't even hit that. Um, So I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so close. Oh, my gosh, it's gonna happen. Oh, my gosh. And now that it's happened now that I'm averaging over a 1000 downloads a month, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is so awesome. Because most of my episodes are evergreen. Because people end up going back and listening. Like, that's what I've noticed. People go back and listen to episodes. Like, I had a surge in episodes that I did in the middle, in, like, the middle of summer 2020. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, those numbers spiked over the last couple months. And I'm like, what the heck? But it's just, if you believe in what you're doing and you believe in your, it's, you have to really believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else can do that for you. Yeah. And, you know, I know that you were talking about like getting in front of your right audience and getting in front of, I'm sure you go through all of these things within your different programs. And oftentimes I can, I can hear people saying, well, that's great for you saying that, but that's easier said than done. Give, give one tip before we start going and like closing everything out. Give one tip of how do you get over that? How do you get over like, well, you Yeah, you had a $22,000 month, but how am I going to get there? What is that doing for me? You know, because yeah. sometimes people have that, those questions. Oh, yeah. So how, like, give me like an, uh, one or two things to help people get
1: over that, that negative yeah. mindset. So for me, the twenty-two k before the twenty-two k month, my like like big trophy was oh my gosh, I booked three clients in a week, (laughs) like that was um, super. I mean, I literally only made like I think three thousand dollars from that, but that was a huge accomplishment for me. And then before that was wow, I sold out my first launch, which was only five clients within a month, right? So like, I feel like um, this is something I'm actually talking about right now with my students is like gratitude is everything. God is going to give you more of what you are grateful for more money, more success, more good relationships. Right. So with me, it's anything, any little win, I'd be like, I'm so proud of it. That is literally my life. My life is full of wins and my, my life is full of good things. Right. Obviously so many bad things are happening to me in this current moment, but I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on the little wins. Right. And then the little wins start to multiply and multiply and multiply into the 22K month. So I think right now, if you're thinking, oh, a 22K month, like that's impossible, or that's not even like, wow, I can't even imagine that. Well, think about the little wins. And then once you really start focusing on your little wins, the wins are going to start multiplying and multiplying so that you can eventually be proud of those big moments. But it did, it did, obviously, I just shared my whole entire story. <laughs> it was very hard to, um, you know, like, I can definitely see a time where I'd be like, oh my gosh, this business is just going to fail just like everything else in my life. But like, no, what if this business has to do great? Because I believe, I don't know why I believe this, but I believe like there's a balance. I feel like if you had a really crappy childhood, or you had like a really something bad in the beginning of your life, like your life is going to be so beautiful. So my whole life, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment for my whole entire life to change. So I feel, I hear Kelly Clarkson in my head right now. singing. I'm so dead. I love it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a song. I'm going to make a song. <laughs> yeah.
0: But no, I agree with what you said in the fact because I feel like if you wouldn't have had those failures, you wouldn't have started your company and yeah. that wouldn't have pivoted into this. So, Absolutely. you know, it's again looking at how like instead of looking at it as a failure, you know, you could have been in a corporate job that you hated and mm-hmm. that maybe you know, with this you're able to design your life because of your autoimmune disease, you're able yeah. to you know, design your life instead of having everything dictated for you. And who knows like what kind of stress that would have put you under to make things worse, to make your flare ups worse or anything like that. So there's definitely a purpose behind that. You seem very grounded in your religion. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't know what your religion is, but you have brought brought up God. So whatever denomination, but you seem very grounded in your faith. Yeah. What is what is your ideal client? Because sometimes that can be a barrier, right? There's certain barriers that people are like, well, I don't want her talking to God about me. Or some people are like, I want to work with her because she's grounded in her faith. So who is your ideal client if somebody wants to work with you?
1: Yeah. So I used to call myself a spiritual business coach just because I wanted to be inclusive to anybody. Um, So I actually have one of my favorite clients. She's a witch. And I'm Christian. So <laughs> that is what the opposite of that. Um, and we always laugh. We always like she always tells me like I she thinks it's so funny that we're the exact opposite religion, but we get along so well. And so back in the day, like I said, i was spiritual, I was a spiritual business coach. Um, and I used to say the universe just to be inclusive to everybody. Um, but just so you know, like my coaching, let's pretend I'm talking about how to market an offer. I'm not gonna include God. <laughs> like, that's not really I am a spiritual business coach because if you like I said I'm doing this podcast you see how I mention God that's pretty much how I do it especially when I'm talking about mindset and just goals and manifestation stuff like that um but again when I first started my business I wanted to be inclusive to everybody but then I realized it's like I really love to work with Christian women so now I say I do work with Christian women but half of my clients are not Christian um and that's just one thing that's important to me to be inclusive to everybody so with my clients, I do ask them like, who, who do you refer to the universe? God, let me know. Cause I think that's important to me. But, um, on my Instagram, it does say Christian now, Christian business coach. And I think
0: that's great to embrace that. If that's what you want to, yeah. you know, if that's what you want to share, then I think that you should share it and embrace that. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself during this last year, during this quarantine, this pandemic, this, you know, you've started, a, you've, Pivoted in business. Yeah. What are the things that you've learned about yourself over the last year?
1: I, so I think the biggest thing accomplishment that I've been able to do or to have this year, or I guess last year, pandemic, um, was so pandemic. My fiance. <laughs> my favorite word. Uh, that way, that the, word.
0: That, that, you've seen that the TikToks, right? Of that girl. Like she's yeah. amazing. That's All the so things funny. that she says and her laugh is so contagious. She has been my favorite, one of my favorite people, <laughs> because everything's like, oh, you think I want to go to, you know, I'm so glad you broke the plans. I wasn't going anyways because pandemic and then eating her chips. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: I love that. No, I, I love that people can just find a little bit of humor peace. because, yeah, we just drive each other crazy, <laughs> if not, right? Yes absolutely yeah, I forgot what I was saying
0: what, what oh, sorry you? I know I totally got you no um, what
1: have you learned about yourself over the last year Oh, okay so I think the biggest thing I've learned about myself is like I can actually have it all like I think when I was growing up I was like I just all I want is what I need like I feel like growing up I didn't have a lot of the things I needed um so like I always strive for just what I need and I think in 2020 I started embracing like I can actually have the things that I want. And I just think it's so beautiful. Like um, my fiance, I'm able to, my whole business employs us, the whole entire family. And like, I couldn't even imagine that even be a dream. Like, um, especially because I have health issues. So he really helps me around the house and do the things that I really just cannot do. But if he worked a nine to five job, my life would just be so much harder, right? So like, I can have it all. I can have a husband that can stay home and help me with... My business, help me with my, you know, house stuff, right? Like I can have a beautiful house. I don't just have to have my bare minimum, right? So I think for people that grow up really poor and that never really had much, like I think we strive to just, oh my gosh, I just want my bills made. I just want to freaking have any money in my account. I don't, I just don't want it to be overdraft. I just don't want credit card debt, right? Like. But there comes a certain point where like, why don't you strive for something huge? Why don't you strive for something big so that you can start attracting those things? Because for me, I used to, my goals were so small. I mean, compared to everybody else, right? But that's just all I knew. And then once I hit those goals, I was like, now what? What do I do with my life? <laughs> But I think my biggest thing that I learned was that like, that I always strove for just what I needed. And this Mm -hmm. year I have just been really telling myself like, God wants to, wants you to have a beautiful life and wants to give you everything that you do want. So I've been trying to transition to like go to the store. Oh yeah, I want that. (laughs) I don't need it, but I want that. So just up leveling, I guess my mindset and just up leveling it. And I feel like it's really, my um, income has really um, grown because of that. Like you said, like, I feel like when you start acting like more money's coming to you, more money will be coming to you. So I've kind of just ha- been having those up levels.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things in regards to that is if you're that that saying like if your dream if you're not scared of your dreams, they're not big enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like you said, you then you get to a point and you're like, okay, I hit it, what next?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I, so yeah, I think I agree with you totally on that. How can people reach you if your website, social media handles, anything, if they want to get more information in regards to what you do, they want, if, you know, as a, as a, you know, coach, whether it's group coaching, individual coaching, anything else, any workshops you might do, how can they reach you?
1: Yeah. So I'm only on Instagram. Um, that's my favorite platform. I'm at always.advocating. And then my website's is alwaysadvocating.com. And feel free to always DM me. My DMs are always open. If you just want to chat personal stuff, business stuff, absolutely anything, I'm here for you. Well, no, we
0: end, we start and we end with wine. But you don't drink at all. So (laughs) I can't ask you your favorite type of wine. So, of juice though, I mean, I know that's not wine, but I'm a
1: juiceaholic. Like,
0: okay, well, I mean, Jesus did turn juice, you know, while he turned water into wine, but we'll just pretend he turned water into juice. So, what's your type of juice?
1: I love um cranberry grape. I always, I'm not even kidding, I don't drink wine, but I only drink from wine glasses. There you go, there you go. Start. You should go get some (laughs)
0: fancy wine glasses so you can really feel fancy when you drink your juice, right. I just get a couple it. glasses, just get a couple fancy wine glasses. This is one of my fancy wine glasses. That's a pair of nice. these, a pair of these wine glasses cost me $50. Oh my goodness. What does it feel like? Is it light or heavy? It's very light, but it's ah. not like Do you hear your mm. little But it's not like cuz there I've had some wine glasses where I feel like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to break in my hand." And those are, you know, this does not feel like that. It, it's definitely mm. very light. Um, and I love it. I love just feeling it. And because here's the thing when you have, even if you have a big glass like this, like the one that I'm holding, you don't want a glass that's too small because you want your, the, the air to circulate throughout your wine. Mm -hmm. So if I were to fill it up really high, that's not giving the, you know, that's not allowing the wine to air out and to breathe. And you're, you're going to actually get a different taste of the wine. Wow. Versus not feeling, you know, versus having the a smaller pore. Right? <laughs> right? Keep your pores small. So having a big glass like this actually helps because then you do have that time. So I say, you know, I know juice doesn't need to breathe, <laughs> but if you want to feel extra fancy, look, you know, then you can yeah. do that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we close out, I just want to make sure... If there was anything that I didn't ask, anything that you wanted to
1: add before we close out? I don't think so, but you guys just keep on striving and keep on reaching your goals or keep on trying to reach your goals because eventually you will always reach your goals. Maybe it's not the thing that you thought you wanted, but it's going to be something better. Absolutely. Well, on
0: that note, mi gente, we will see you soon. Thank you, Talia. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine & Cheese Me Podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine & cheese me on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at the Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at the Wine and Chisme podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.